What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Why Not Game podcast. One, two, Happy Wednesday, my dudes and dudettes. It's me, Benjamin P. Joining me today and every day, the one-eyed sensei, DJ. Welcome, my guy. What's up, Why Not Nation, Podcast Nation? Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys are refreshed. Um, And uh, I am excited to tell you that this week we're not talking about Final Fantasy X. (laughs) You know, I'm going to be honest with you, DJ. I'm going to be honest with you. I love Final Fantasy X, right? But I'm so excited that we're not talking about it today. Absolutely. How about you, You man? Things going good your way? You know, things are going great. Things are going great. The school year started uh, last week. I've been busy, very busy, very nice. But you know, things are going good. You know, it's been it's been a, a good time so far. You know, who knows? There's what a lot more to go. Oh, yeah. Until Memorial Day. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But it's it's not bad. It's not bad. I got a good good bunch of kids, so should be a good year. Sweet. Uh, what about you, man? What about you? I know you you moved recently. You know, you're starting at, at a different store. Uh, how's, how's everything going on your neck of the woods, my dude? Things are going good, man. Um, they still got me kind of hopping around to a couple of different locations. Um, eventually, I'm going to get planted as a GM somewhere. I just don't know the exact location. But, you know, with everything going on, I'm enjoying all the spots that I've been at. Um, I've been as far away from home as almost 20 minutes to right up the road at five minutes. So, um, you know, I've definitely been doing some local traveling, but uh, things are good. Well, that's good, man. That's good. Man, let's let's get into this, man. Let's talk about some video games. Let's do it. So, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about, you know, Final Fantasy X. I love Final Fantasy X. It's a great game. Don't get me wrong. Right. But I'm really excited to talk about something different and something that's very, you know, very different from what Final Fantasy X is, probably because it released, what, some 20 years earlier? Is that too far? Am I going back too far? At least 20, right? A little too far. Final Fantasy X released in 2000, 2001. This game released in Japan in 88, and it hit North America in 1990. So hold on. You're telling me 10 years is the difference between the game we're going to be talking about and Final That's amazing. Yes. The the quality increase is phenomenal. Sure. Whereas, you know, you think if Final Fantasy X releasing in 2001, you say? Right. Um, to 2011, like, sure, there was an increase in, like, the quality of gaming, but not, as, not nearly. Right. Yeah, not as drastic. Right. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. It's crazy to think about. But before we jump into that game, I'm curious, DJ, what, what have you been playing lately, my dude? Um, well, in in honor of the game that we're gonna do um here on this on this show, I've been playing uh some stuff back from that era, courtesy of the uh okay. virtual consoles on the Nintendo Switch. Uh shout out to that. If you guys have the mm-hmm. if you guys have the online pass and the online expansion, they got a lot of good hidden gems in there, man. L- a lot of good stuff. Yeah, you know, I uh, I have that. I've used it, but most of the games on there I've never heard of. You know, that is true. They're definitely before my time, right? And 
I don't know that I'd want to invest my time to play them. There's better things out there. Personal opinion. Fair enough. Personal opinion. Fair enough. But cool, man. What what games have you been playing through there? Um. Well, they've um they had an old one called Excite Bike, which was pretty popular for that system back in the day. And if if you haven't figured it out already, I'm talking about the old school NES, the original Nintendo Entertainment System. Um. You know they've got your duck hunt and things like that that are that are fun and it's really it's really weird trying to play that on the switch instead of having the actual old school gun that you would aim at the TV but because uh, you just have to press certain buttons but um but yeah I mean so interesting yeah, I've had those and um an old school game called Punch Out which is like an old boxing game from back in the day very cool yep yeah it is uh it's good man. A lot of a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. There's so many, so many options out there. Not just on the virtual console, but but looking back and seeing just how many games were released for this system is just insane. I mean, I guess it was kind of easier back then, just because you know they had eight bit graphics and they didn't have to take so much time to develop each and every game, unless it was like some of your main bigger titles, you know, like the original Legend of Zelda. I'm sure that wasn't thrown together in just a couple months. That's true, man. Although I got to say, you know, technology wasn't as advanced as it is right now. So I'm sure Mm -hmm. it did still take plenty of time to create those games, even though they are, you know, compared to what we see today, you know, definitely lower in, I don't know, not, they're definitely not lower in quality because there are some quality games back in the day, right? Absolutely quality for what they were able to do. Well, sure. You know, they definitely took the limitations and they, they pushed it to the brink, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they did great, but obviously today, you know, we're pushing boundaries, um, in all kinds of ways. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but you're so kind to ask, you know what I'm playing. Um, so I'm actually playing, uh, <laughs> um, a great game. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We're actually discussing it next week. Go ahead and give you a spoiler on that. Um, I had some hesitations when I first started playing it, but I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I've been playing Digimon survive. Um, and I'm really looking forward to, to kind of talking about that. Um, because I have a lot of thoughts. Very cool. I have a lot of thoughts. And I know that's a game, you know, DJ, you were going to play as well. Uh, but you decided to pass on it. Well, I actually decided for you that you were going to pass on it because you already had your hands full with Final Fantasy X, which you finally finished. Yes. And we don't want to have any more delays. So no, no more. We're trying to we're trying to get back in the swing of things. Speaking of getting back in the swing of things, I want to go ahead and inform you this now early on in the episode, but you need to tune in to next week because next week we're having a special announcement. We're having a special guest with us. And it's going to be something that you're going to want to tune in for uh, because, you know, it's an important announcement about our show, about some changes coming to our show. Uh, Yeah. So please tune in for that. But DJ, do you think it's time we should go ahead and discuss the the game that we're going to be talking about today? Let's do it, man. Let's do it. All right. So to those who... Didn't listen to Final Fantasy X Part 3, which honestly, I don't blame you. That's a lot of Final Fantasy Xing. Or don't know how to read. DJ, what game are we going to be talking about today? Super Mario Brothers 3. 
we skipped over one and two to bring you number three. Yeah, kind of like the, uh, what was it called? The Jack Shot something? It was like number four or something. Oh, yeah, the Jack Shot Mark IV. There you go. You know, there isn't no one, two, or three, but maybe. That's right. Maybe. The Mark IV. They'll come back and see it. So, yeah, we're talking about Super Mario Brothers 3, DJ. Yes. You got you got some numbers for us, don't you? I've got some numbers. I've got some cool little fun facts. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to present these, man. This is going to be cool. Okay, yeah, so there is a lot of uh, a lot of numbers to go in, like I said. Um, rightfully so, given there are different release dates um, based upon region. So it uh, it hit Japan first. Uh, hit Japan first on October twenty third, nineteen eighty eight. We've got it for the NES, the American version of the NES here. Um, February twelfth, nineteen ninety. So not quite a full two years, almost a almost a year and a half difference there. A lot of sales available to to discuss here. So with that, um, Japan, a whopping. 40,240,000 copies of this game sold, which to think about in 1988 is absolutely insane. Granted, this all didn't happen in 1988. It happened over the course of the, of the lifespan of the game and the system, but that's still, that's still a lot for 1988. Um, let's see here. And then in America, it did 18 million. So definitely not as much because, again, it had a full year and a half head start on us. But uh, we did have $18 million there. Um, and that's and that just goes based off of the individual units um, sold. That's not, that's not everything on, like, the virtual consoles like the Wii Shop where you could buy these games or, or anything like that. This is just straight NES copies. NES copies of the game, but another another cool thing with this though is that initial initial sales are just astronomical. So in in prices, and I'm going to give you back then and back and and now, um, you know, if we're talking about in music terms, the game officially went platinum eleven times. Which is which is wow. ab- which is absolutely insane. Uh, it's ranked as the third best-selling game for the NES, respectfully, right behind the original Super Mario Brothers at number one and Duck Hunt at number two, which is pretty cool. But so for the figures there in in money back then, five hundred and ninety-five million dollars. Which it translates here to 2022 as 1.23 billion, due to the cost of inflation, wow. you know, and how they restructure everything. But that's that's a lot of money, you know, back then, back then, 30 couple years ago. That's a ton. Um, another little fun fact here, and this is the last of it. I have um, the total revenue for this game did did better than the box office gross for E.T. Jurassic Park. And the original Batman film, so that puts a lot of wow. things into perspective. Yeah, that's huge. That is huge. That is huge, man. Thanks, thanks for those numbers. I had no idea, you know, that this game, you know, sold that well, right. performed that well. 
Um, were you happen to be able to locate any any critic scores for this game? Yeah, yes. Because I've heard that this is a very highly rated game. Yes. Uh, so back then they had something what's known as the aggregator. I think we've used that in a couple episodes before in the past. Um, it's got it at 98% out of 100. Wow. Yeah. Phenomenal. I think that, you know, now's a great time to go ahead and jump into, you know, what is Super Mario Brothers 3? You know, this game released in uh, 1990 in the United States. Is that correct? Yes. It's March of 1990. So this game released in the 90s, you know, the very beginning of the 90s, 1990, uh, late 80s in Japan was when it was originally released. This game is a platformer, you know, like most of the Super Mario Brother games are. Um, it's a 2D side-scrolling platformer. And it is, in my opinion, this game is the hardest game that I've played uh, since starting this show. I'm going to be honest with you. This game is difficult, in my opinion. And I think that just speaks to to the type of gameplay, mm-hmm. um, to the world design and things like that. Uh, but we're going to jump into that. You know, we're going to we're going to hop into it. We're going to talk about, you know, the game story, the gameplay, as well as the world designs. And it's nice because this is a game where, you know, the three things kind of go hand in hand, but also have nothing to do with each other. You know, I'm going to start with the story first because the story of Super Mario Brothers 3 is definitely not the reason why you play the game. Uh, The story, it's actually very, I mean, literally word for word repetitive, right? So you're Mario. uh, The princess is taken. uh, The king, you know, you're trying to find the princess. You go to this world. you You see that, you know, it's been taken over. You reach the castle at the end. You find out that the king has been transformed into something, some kind of animal. And you have to go on the ship, beat, you know, the Koopa boss. You know, I don't know if he was named Bowser at that point or not. But beat the enemy to get the wand to turn the king back. And then at the end of each level, you know, you get a letter from the princess. Might give you a power up, gives you a little hint as to where you're going next. And that's kind of it. It's not until the very end that we've eventually, you know, actually rescue the princess and we've transformed the king back to himself for like the 13th time that it ends. You know, I would say that it's simple. It's easy. It's easy to understand. It's easy to follow. There isn't necessarily a need for there to be an an extravagant story because the gameplay is there. The gameplay is what carries this game. Absolutely. 100%. It definitely, definitely does. Um, the game It's like from World 1, Level 1, all the way to the final castle in World 8, you are just immersed in obstacles, um, enemies, just this, that, everything else. And respectively, each level gets harder as you go on. Um, I know especially toward the end of the game there, World 8, is just an absolute nightmare. Um, but uh, thankfully, playing on the Switch, we have a uh, save feature to where we can save our progress, which is which is very good. Which is very good. You know, but, I'm going to be honest with you. Go for it. I'm going to be honest. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, we both did play this on the Switch. Yes. Just a moment ago, I mentioned this being 
you know, one of the hardest games that I've played since, since doing this. And if you recall, the very first game was Elden Ring, mm-hmm. right? And I would consider Elden Ring to be easier than this, or just takes a different type of game play, right? But I think now it's a, a really good time to start talking about the gameplay. Because like I said, the, the story, the story simple. The story doesn't matter. The gameplay, however, you know what is that platforming? And it's very precise platforming. You know, you are this character, Mario, or Luigi, depending on if you're playing two players. Is Luigi in this game? Yes, Luigi is in this game for multiplayer. Oh, fabulous. Fabulous. So you're either Mario or you're Luigi, if you're player two. And you're going through each level, and there's enemies, as DJ mentioned a moment ago. There's obstacles you have to jump over, things you don't want to touch or you'll die. And it's it's a really good formula of a game, but it requires not only a certain level of patience, but a very high level of ability. This game requires skill, I would say. You know, you might get lucky and be able to just like rush through it, jump over everything and, you know, dumb luck, make it through. But it takes very, very fine skill to do this. Yeah, you definitely have to time your jumps, time your runs. I mean, if one one wrong slip and you're falling off the edge or you're running into a piranha plant or a Koopa Troopa or what have you, um, you know, it's just you've got to got to be careful. Got to be careful how you how you move. Definitely takes, like you said, skill. You have to be very accurate. You have to be precise. And occasionally you can throw in some dumb luck in there too. It happens to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I will, I will definitely agree to that. You know, honestly, to me, this game's hard, like very hard. Uh, you know, I, I was not good at this game whatsoever. Um, you know, the first world, it starts easy, but it quickly, you know, it quickly went south from there. I think it was world two. I was stuck on the same level for about like 45 minutes. And then, you know, back to the whole, we played this on the switch thing. If you hold the back buttons, you can rewind. And I'm going to be honest with you. I probably would not have been able to beat this game if it were not for that rewind feature. Because there were, I think I got a game over three times just on this one world two level. I think it was like world two, three or world two, two. I forget which one it was, but I could not complete it. And so, you know, I had to use that rewind function and I did rely on that throughout the game. Would I have been able to beat this game without that? It would have taken me a lot of time and a lot of patience. And to be honest with you, I didn't have because, you know, this game per se wasn't really drawing me in. You know, I thought that the learning curve was, it wasn't necessarily a steep learning curve, but because it was easy to understand the controls and the mechanisms and, you know, figure out the game, it was more just mastering that. Like learning it was easy, but mastering it was difficult. And I didn't take the time to master it. Once I found out I could use that rewind function, I used it. You know, I would try a level, I would die, but I would never give myself a game over. You know, if I if I was on my last life, I would rewind until I had an extra life. Just me being honest. Did you ever use the rewind function, DJ? I did use the rewind function, and later on in the game, I um I would do the um save feature, 
and I would save after every level just in case. <laughs> it's kind of a cop-out, but just in case you get a game over, you know, it starts you all the way back at the world, and you have to go through every single level again. You know, I wouldn't consider that a cop-out, though, because in all of today's games, you know, I mean, for, in most cases, you're able to save, you know, when you want to. If you finish the section, you're able to save the game. True. You know, we shouldn't be punished for playing older games using today's technology, right? That shouldn't be frowned upon. You know, that's, that's called advancing. That's called, you know, working smarter, not harder. So saving it, I think that's a different story than using the rewind function. I feel like the rewind function is more like gimmicky, you know, more scammy. Um, but yeah, using that save function definitely comes in handy, especially if you want to play a different game. Because I know if you don't use that function, uh, you won't be able to play, you know, anything else because it's all going to be, uh, you're going to have to keep it occupied by that game because when you close it, you lose it. And I think that happened to you once, DJ, didn't it? It did. It did. Yeah. I um, lost track of where I was, wasn't paying attention, forgot to do the save feature and uh, didn't end well. Yeah. That's no good. But that's all right. That's no good. So back to my thoughts here. You know, yes, I use the rewind function. I was struggling hardcore in Worlds 2 and 3. But World 4, World 4 is interesting because World 4 is pretty much, in my mind, it's just World 1 except everything's giant. So I didn't think it was that bad. You know, it was just like everything was bigger. Um, But it was... You know, near the end of the game, it was literally like I was crawling through the pits of hell trying to reach the end. Like it was near impossible. It was near impossible. And so I just want to say, you know, before I start, stop talking about the gameplay and my lack of, you know, you know, I, I suck at this game. I need to get good. You know, as people would say, Elden Ring is easier than Super Mario Brothers 3, period. But yeah, that's DJ. Take it away. What are your thoughts on the gameplay of this game, DJ? All right, um, I I do have a little bit more experience with you on this game because um, it's it's one of my favorites from forever ago. I've I've always loved this one. Um, but um, but yeah, the gameplay is incredible. Um, World Four, where everything's giant. Um, I like how you can go in these little doorways and you can make everything, you know, revert back to normal, um, which is really cool if you don't want to go for the gusto and fight the larger enemies and make the larger jumps and, you know, have the larger fire flower shoot things out at you or the piranha plant, excuse me, for uh, messing that up to all you Mario fans out there. That's the piranha flower. flower. Um but uh, no, um, the gameplay is incredible. Um, you did mention how at the end of each world in the castle, um, before you change the before you change the king back to his actual self, um, you do fight one of the different Koopalings, and it's it it's weird because this is this is the first mention of Bowser having any children, and he was called Bowser back then. Um, that that was kind of like an American thing where 
Bowser got started because in Japan he was always known as the Koopa King or King Koopa. But um, oh. yeah, so so his his seven children were the bosses at the end of Worlds One through Seven, and then you had Bowser himself to take out um, at the end of World Eight to free. Um, again, as she was known back then, Princess Toadstool, but more now more commonly known as Princess Peach. But uh, I have a question for you. Sure. And this is very off topic, but I just thought of it as you were telling me that, you know, Bowser has seven kids. True. Who's his baby mama? (laughs) That's, that's one for the, that's one for the history books there. And if you want to get really technical, as far, as far as the canon goes in the series, there's also Bowser Jr. floating out there somewhere. And he wasn't, he wasn't mentioned till later on in the mainline Mario games. He's the favorite. <laughs> I think so. All right. Sorry to interrupt. You can continue with what you were saying. So Koopalings. Yep. Princess Toadstool. Yep. Um, my favorite part of the gameplay though, is they, is this game launched some of the most iconic items and power-ups that are still used to this day. Um, yes, you had the mushroom and you had the fire flower and the, you know, the star power thing that we've had in, in Mario games prior, but it also brings up the, uh, the frog suit that you can use underwater to help you run across the, the floor of the level instead of having to swim uh, that comes in handy. Um, it also has the little Tanuki leaf, thing to where you can you know fly and hover around once you gain enough speed um which is still very relevant in the in the series so and then there's the little hammer bro hammer and things like that to help you get to um certain hard to reach areas that may be blocked off by a rock in your path that kind of thing so they implemented a lot of a lot of stuff that we use to this day in in various Mario titles throughout. So that was very cool. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know a lot of that information. I'm not a huge, you know, Mario, you know, person. I've played, you know, of course I played Mario Kart. I've played Mario Party. I've played Mario 64, Mario Odyssey, all the staples. But I haven't really been one to pay attention to those details. Right. Uh so you know that's interesting that this was the first game that that had some of those iterations, had some of those costumes, had some of those power-ups. You know, I never would have known that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. And as the series progressed over the years, you know, more and more um, items and more and more power ups were added to the to the series and to each individual game. So, but yeah, Super Mario Brothers three was definitely the first one to to have something big like that aside from your normal mushroom your fire flower and the uh the superstar thing that will turn you invincible for a limited time you know i I love the 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 star power going invincible the only thing i wish that it would help you do is like if you fell down a hole you just like come out of the roof you know kind of like you know pac-man how you go out one side, come in the other. That's what I would ha- hope would happen because it wasn't the enemies that would hurt me and kill me. It was the falling through the cracks that would hurt me and kill me the most. And 
because the enemies, you know, a lot of times if you've had that mushroom and you're, you're big Mario instead of little Mario, you are able to, you know, it's not one and done, you know, whereas falling it's one and done. And so that, that was my big issue. Um, any, any final thoughts on the gameplay before we move over to, to the world? Uh, because there's, you know, eight of them and yes. some of them are definitely more memorable than other, but any final thoughts on gameplay DJ? Yeah, I, um, I like how in each world you have little um, houses and little um, stops you can make along the way, and they give you item power-ups, they give you extra lives, they give you all of these different things to kind of help you on your journey. And another cool feature, too, is you know if you are stuck on a level and you can't figure something out, you're you are able to activate a power-up before you enter the level so you know if you've got a superstar just holding in your pocket you can press a couple buttons start the level and the instant you start okay you're invincible for the first you know few seconds or you can have the cat suit or you can be you know have the fire flower so definitely like how they let you use that ability to start off a level if it's giving you any trouble yeah i i'm not gonna lie i use that quite a few times uh it's it's there you know when i figured out how to use it i was like oh okay great 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 and from my knowledge you know there's no limit of how many items you can hold at a time you know i had i think like three or four rows going at once and so i'm like okay this is great you know i I thought i was running out of items but no they were they were still there they just had to scroll down and so you know i will say being able to do that which is a, a feature that was in the original game that kicked or not kicked my butt that saved my butt several times but then also that rewind function i just want to shout out that again you know to the developers of the switch online and the virtual console who thought having a way to rewind would be great i love you thank you i'm your biggest fan but dj i want to i want to talk about the worlds for a minute and i'm really curious about what your favorite world in the game is all right. Um, I kind of, as I had briefly mentioned earlier, um, I like World 4 just because of the giant, you know, the giant aspect of it. And then, like, you can go through these doors and you can make it regular size or small or however you want to call it. Um, it, um, it makes me think of this was the early days of the Super Mario 64 level known as Tiny Huge Island where – you could jump through the warp pipes and everything could be super, super small and Mario could be giant or it could be reversed. Mario could be, you know, normal size, but everything else be massive. Um, so I do like, I do like world four. Um, world five is also kind of fun because it is the, it is the shortest, um, world out of all of them. So it does make an easy in, uh, an easy ish, run through there since you're kind of halfway through the game. I guess they kind of wanted you to, I guess, feel a little more relaxed and at ease, I guess, once you made it to this point. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm definitely a fan of four and five world two. Um, I know that you struggled with, I like world two a little bit, um, except for the level where the sun chases you. Not a, not, not a fan of that one. Because if you don't time your jumps right, you're in trouble. Yeah, no. Uh, I was struggling in World 2. 
And that was before that level. And when I got to that level, you know, at that point I discovered the rewind function. So my jumps were always timed perfectly. And when they weren't, I rewound (laughs) myself. But I'm going to keep it real with you, DJ. I'm going to keep it real with you. As far as what my favorite world would be in this game, I'm going to have to say it's world one simply because it was the only game that I was able to actually complete on my own merits. You know, while some of the other themed worlds were pretty cool, like there was one, uh, it was like you were, it was just a bunch of pipes. Yeah. There was just like pipe world. Like I thought that was interesting. You know, we see pipes all the time in Mario. So having literally a pipe world, love that, you know, I think, was there an ice world or am I making that up? I don't think there was a full ice world in this one. I think they had, but there were some ice levels, levels, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know the levels. I thought the ice levels, you know, those level designs, those were great. I really enjoyed those. Um, The underwater ones as well. I really enjoyed the underwater levels. Anything that went underground, though, the levels where you were underground, absolutely hate those. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, World One, World One's best world, mainly because that's the only one I could beat. Respect, respect. No shame in that. I mean, I mean, there is shame in that. There's a lot of shame in that. Okay, maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, DJ, um, you know, I know we're 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 keeping this short this week. It looks like, uh, but I'm curious, man, like. What are your overall thoughts on Super Mario Brothers 3? Um, definitely out of all the mainline Mario titles for the original NES and the um is definitely my favorite out of the 3. Of course I love the original. Um nothing will ever beat the original Super Mario Brothers, but 3 is definitely by far it's more challenging. It takes things to the next level. Um the latter parts in Super Mario Brothers 1 definitely give you a little bit of, you know, like a test and a trial to see what all you've, you know, learned and how much you've progressed. But Mario Brothers 3 takes that into overdrive. And I'm not even going to mention Mario Brothers 2 because Japan and the whole rest of the world had two completely Mario Brothers 2 titles. So we're just going to leave that alone. Um, but, uh, but yeah, definitely enjoy Mario Brothers 3 a lot. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um while while you're at it, you know, what would you what would you rate this game? Um definitely would probably have to give it an I would say an eight and a half out of ten on this one. Um World seven and eight definitely kick your butt when it comes to like the tanks and all this other stuff. So it definitely takes a lot out of you. And I do like a challenge, but it is, oh, it's brutal. But thank goodness for, you know, the rewind and the save feature. If you're playing it on the switch, if you're not, then good luck to you. Yeah. You know, to be honest with you, I've mentioned this before. I mean, I've said it a lot, actually. I think this game is very hard. You know, I was, I was not able to, to really, I I wasn't, I felt like I was never able to truly master this game. You know, that isn't for lack of trying, 
You know, I spent probably 15 hours with this game and seasoned players can probably beat it in definitely under five, if not probably less than that, a lot less than that. Um, and so I, I definitely spent a lot of time trying to figure it out. Uh, I wasn't able to, and that's okay. You know, but I have to talk about, you know, my experience with the game, my personal thoughts on the game. Does that mean that my thoughts are the only right thoughts? No, not at all. But just me personally as a gamer, I don't even know if I would rate this a five. I think it would have to be below a five because I feel like the level to entry, well, the level to entry is low, but the level to, you know, beat the game, it's pretty high. You know, anyone can pick it up and play World 1 1, World 1 2. But to continue and go on, some of these things are very, very difficult. Um, so I'm going to have to say that, you know, Super Mario Brothers 3, for me, is going to get a 4. Uh, that's just that's just my opinion. You know, like it or love it, hate it or leave it, whatever it's called, it doesn't matter. That's just my thoughts. It's too tough. The story's too repetitive. You know, while the worlds are cool and unique, it's just not for me. And that's all right. That is all right. That's what makes gaming fun. You know, sometimes it's something you love. Sometimes, you know, not so much. But, but you know, that that's why we do what we do here at Why Not Game, so where we can give you our own personal opinions and feedback on the games. And the rest is up to you. You know, if we both review a game and we think it sucks and you go out and play it and you love it, that's awesome. We're happy for you. But uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, man, definitely always good to have a balance of opinions, whether or not they're the same or not. That doesn't matter. Um, that's that's what makes the gaming community great. There's something out there for everybody. Yeah, except for people who are just jerks for no reason. Uh, I think it's important for people to have different opinions. Right. And respecting opinions is important. And today's generation, today's youth need to learn how to do that a little better. And that's my, that's the end of that. Um, you know, hey, it's Wednesday. We're happy to be hosting the Why Not Game podcast. But like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, next week we have a special announcement. A special guest is going to stop by for for a few moments to, to share some exciting details um, about some, you know, some, some changes coming to the why not game podcast, but to those listening, uh, we would really appreciate it. If you could follow us on Twitter at why not game pod, uh, share us with a friend, you know, tell a friend about us. Uh, if you're listening on, you know, Spotify or Apple music, leave a review, you know, five stars, four star, three star, two star, one star, it doesn't matter any stars, right? Leave a, leave a review. We'd love to know your thoughts on the show. Um, feel free to reach out to us on our Twitter, you know, at why not game pod. We like to, we like to hear feedback. We like to hear thoughts. You know, if you've played super Mario brothers three recently and you absolutely loved it, or maybe you played it 30 years ago when it released, well, I guess 40 years ago when it released. No, it's 30, 30 years. Wow. 30 years ago when it released, you know, let us know. Let us know. You know, we'd, we'd love to We'd love to know your thoughts. Maybe you think David was right on the head when he gave it an 8.5, or maybe you think I was when I gave it a 4, or maybe you think we're both idiots. Um, you know, and you could agree with both of our statements and also agree with us both being idiots. That's definitely a possibility. It is definitely true. Definitely a possibility. 
Um, but DJ, any any final final thoughts, final words before we we sign off here? Yeah, um, just want to give a quick um, shout out to everybody that does listen on a weekly basis. Um, I know we do have our loyal weekly listeners out there, so thank you so much for your continued support. Um, I know we aren't this massive giant um, podcast yet, but anything is possible. We are still in our early stages. Uh, It's only been, we're actually, we are in month number three now. So month number three of the podcast and uh, things are going well. Thanks for all your support, all your feedback, and hopefully we can keep bringing you um, the content that you like. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of content you like next week, we're going to be talking about phenomenal game. Eh, Maybe not, but definitely not a terrible game either. Uh, we're going to be talking about a fun one. Eh, definitely not boring, though. Uh, we're going to be talking about Digimon Survive. And anyone who is a fan of Digimon, you know, they've been around. I think this is their 25-year anniversary or 20-year anniversary. You know, check it out. It's I have a lot of opinions. I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of things to say. And I'm going to say them. And you might not agree with them. But that's okay. True. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Why Not Game podcast. Until next time, ask yourself, why not?